So it wasn't like he's this terrible person, but in his faith, there were some things that God wanted to do that was too much for even Zacharias. Hey, I'm Pastor Adcock, and I'm with Miss Darby Bell Adcock. How are you doing this morning, Miss Darby? I'm doing wonderful. I have my coffee, and I'm ready. All right, good deal. We are ready to go. Another Monday morning. I think this is what, podcast 11, podcast 12? Yeah. So we are on the ball, trying to stay on the yeah, ball. You've been sick a couple times. Yeah, I feel like it's like three three times. I was away. You was in Nebraska once. Yeah. And then uh, you got sick on us. Yeah, you were either fine. sick of us or sick. No, 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 very sick. Everyone was getting <laughs> sick. But that was a rough like, week. Yes, it was. I was down for the count, but we're good. I'm not. I haven't been contagious. I'm well. I hope everyone else is well. No, uh, no COVID on this one. No, no, no. It's just the uh, the flu and uh, and things. So, well, Dar, we had kind of a special night this past weekend. Yeah. We did a Christmas worship night. We had mm-hmm. our church, which is Bible Baptist Church. We had uh, people from Vineyard and Mishawaka. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had um, my brother from Inland Manor, mm-hmm. um, and I think I might be missing one, but and Calvary, Calvary, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. So, what was interesting was and Heartland, yes, that's the right there, Heartland, Church of the Heartland, Church of the Heartland. The um, thing I guess that stood out to me was two of the girls from Vineyard were two girls that you were pretty familiar with. Yes, so we held this worship night, and we had. A choir, and we had some people come and help lead worship as well. But two of the girls were a part of the youth group that we were at previously at the church that Malachi and I were at before. Um, but they were on our youth praise and worship team, and we had gotten to work with them and invest in them. And it was just super neat. They're they're out. They've just graduated. And they I think two years and one year out of college, or excuse me, out of out of high school. So it was just it was such a pleasure to to worship with them and. It was just really neat. You know, Knox is like an hour, hour and a half, hour and 15 away from Mishawaka sometimes, hour and a half, not so much. But yeah. um, I just thought that was super neat to be able yeah. to, you know, that was like an hour radius of bringing sure. people in for a worship night. So it was really, really neat. Yeah, and my brother's about an hour and a half from yeah. from our church. And then, of course, Church of the Heartland, they have, I was talking with Pastor Hyatt, I think they have seven different locations, but mm-hmm. Stark County and Winnemac would be the closest and which uh, Pastor Misty um, pastors the Stark County one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then what I thought was interesting, too, is we kind of gave three different episodes of the Christmas story. We gave the preview of the shepherds. Mm-hmm. We gave Joseph. We gave Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, was one of them, or I don't mean to pick out one of them, but what, what kind of stuck out to you about that whole scenario, shepherds, Joseph, and Mary? Well, I think the over arching thing or the overarching thought that we had hoped for in these little episodes were, you know, when we read the Christmas story, sometimes it's, you know, we just kind of read through it. And anytime that we're reading the Bible, sometimes it's, we can just kind of buzz through and be like, oh yeah, yeah, it's the Christmas story. But we really wanted to eat like Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, like these aren't characters in a story. They were people. And these were real people that were in awe of, of when, you know, when the angels came to, um, the shepherds, or even especially the thing that stuck out to me was Joseph. Um, but each one of these had miraculous interactions that sure. were just so, you know, we, I, and again, we read the Christmas story. It's like, yeah, angels we have heard on high and they, they came to see the shepherds. And, yeah. but that was so like, if you really think about that and that you put your, um, yourself in the shepherd's shoes or Joseph's shoes or just Mary's shoes, it's like, it, it really is something miraculous, but I'd say 
Oh, go, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just how much faith it took for all three of them, all three different groups, the shepherds that took faith to go see the baby, to believe the baby was there, um, for Mary to take on the baby, for Joseph to take on Mary and the baby. It just There's so many faith principles there that oh, yeah. I think sometimes we miss. We, we've been guilty of reading the Bible without having, with only having the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And if we read the Bible with fresh eyes and open ears, God, give me the eyes to see, the ears to hear. I think the Bible really jumps out and c- comes alive for us. Oh, yeah. And something that was talked about that you you preached on yesterday, Sunday. It's Monday today. Yes. <laughs> and, but on that Saturday night, I uh, Uncle Ryan, Pastor, yeah. Pastor Ryan, and uh, he spoke on Joseph. And I thought that was one of my favorite parts, too, of just talking about how difficult it was because we don't really think about how Joseph would have felt, and we talk a lot about Mary as as one should, yeah. um, but just it was a really neat perspective to just see of like the what was asked of Joseph of like he would have wanted to, he was he was engaged to her in our sure. in our terms, yep. and would have wanted to divorce her or cut that off or what that would have looked like, and just the the shame in that culture like it just the reality of like what the rumors would have been of like Mary is impre- you know she's the, you know, the Holy Spirit is upon her and she's pregnant with the Son of God. Like, that's just, in our day, wild to hear. But even back then, the what did you say yesterday? That if, Not to be too candid, but the rumor would have been she she either cheated on on Joseph or... Was raped. Or by, was raped. By a Roman guard. Just at that time, and you, you know, when you start to really hear these things, like even yesterday when you were preaching on it, I was like, that's not the Christmas story I heard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I grew up hearing, but that's the truth, you know? And yeah. I just thought you guys did such a wonderful job of of pointing to the fact that these are people, not just characters in a story. I think listening to my brother on Saturday Saturday night and kind of putting together with what I was going to talk about Sunday morning, I think the idea for Joseph to me was Joseph couldn't connect the dots. Here was this, in all estimations, the angel Gabriel says, you're a woman of highly favored by the Lord. So we're talking about a very righteous woman by, by Mary. And so Joseph couldn't connect the dot. How could this happen? How could she get pregnant? How could this pure, innocent young lady mm-hmm. who everybody looks at and says, wow, here's this super, you know, in our, in our terminologies, here's super Christian almost. And, and I think he struggled to connect the dots. And so when the Bible says he, he thought to put her away privately, he's like, well, what do I do about this? How do, how do I handle this? And the whole idea, that concept came when the angel told him in his dream, hey, this is of the Holy Ghost. I think he was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. It was almost like a relief yeah. that now the dots connect because they're obviously this was so out of her character that it had to stand out to Joseph and people in the community. How could this happen? Yeah. And I had this thought too, and I've heard you say it yesterday and, and today, would you, would it, at that time, what would it have meant to say, like, put her away privately? It had been a divorce. There, there, you could, there's different ways they could have done divorce. I mean, there's even talk that he could have put her to death because of adultery. Yeah. Um, but when he said put her away privately, I think it was talking about a private divorce. Yeah. Quietly, let her go off into her life with the child. He'll go off into his life. Let's just forget this whole thing, that kind of idea. Yeah. But obviously, God and Gabriel had two different ideas. Yeah, and again, I just when we read the Christmas story too of I, when when you when we really dive into these people that this stuff happened to of just I just like what you said too of these were 
huge amounts of faith that had yeah. to happen of like, these were miracles that happened and things that were just so out of the ordinary and impossible. Like it, it really, at that time, it's like, what, like, I just, I really can't imagine. And I think you got, you know, the more that we read the Christmas story and again, read, read the Bible with the lens of these are people and their testimonies of God and their encounters with him. And I just, I like you said, the Bible really comes alive. I, this is just me and I'm not, I can't speak for anyone else, but I struggle with holiday preaching. Mm. You know, it comes to Easter, people expect, well, we're going to hear the resurrection, uh, Christmas time. We're going to hear about the birth of Christ, you know, even when July 4th or Labor's Day, Labor, Labor Day or Memorial Weekend, they all kind of fall in that spring and uh, fall time. People are like, well, we're going to hear about this today. And I guess the idea the that I've always struggled with that Mother's Day, Father's Day, mm. like... I got to preach on moms today or I got to preach on, and, and I don't have to, I get that. I know probably people listen like, you know, you can preach on anything you want. I get that. But there's an anticipation too. Yeah. And like, okay, so if I'm going to preach on Christmas, like we're doing, how, how do we, how do we bring the story of Christmas out in a way? And you, and you said a few times, that's not the Christmas story I was, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to. And we don't want to make it so dark, No. but no. at the same time, we don't want to make it like Hallmark either. Yeah. I, sometimes I think, and we're all guilty of this. We can, we've been taught, you know, even from Sunday school or as we're getting, you know, older, sometimes it can be a little bit of the cookie cutter story. And just in the sense of like, there's some cultural things that happen that, that change a few of those, like the lines of the cookie cutter per se of like, right. and we don't, yeah, like, just like you said, we don't mean to take it so dark, but there are some things of like, again, just the way things, the the rumors that would have gone around about Mary of, oh, she's pregnant and yeah. what that meant at that time. Well, even her family in Bethlehem, likely, if it wasn't her family, Joseph's family, ostracized her in the essence of, you're not staying here. Yeah. I mean, there was probably opportunity that they could have stayed in someone's house, yeah. family member, distant cousin or something, but because of her pregnancy, because Joseph accepted her with her pregnancy, they probably family like, we don't want anything to do with you. Oh, yeah. And we see that in today's church. Yeah. You know, people, well, you don't believe like I do, or you don't look like I do, or you don't smell like I do. And we have this, I don't want to say racism, but it's almost, a, it's almost a type of bigotry where if you're not like me, mm-hmm. we don't want you here. Yeah. So I was, I shared, I was reading this book, finished it last week, but they talked about, uh, a man walked into a church and the man struggled with same sex mm-hmm. relationships. And so the church asked him to leave when he came in. And so the pastor made a visit to him that week and said, we don't want your type here. Oh my word. So he, this, this man who struggled with the same sex addiction or uh, attraction ended up finding a different church that accepted him and helped him walk through this, mm-hmm this attraction that he had. And I wonder, and that's a really to the nth degree type Mm -hmm. of situation, but I wonder how many times we do that with people because maybe they come in and they don't dress like we do, Mm -hmm. or they, you know, maybe the wife don't wear makeup or the husband comes in and he smells like he's worked on the car all night. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, two people walk in that, that have, same same sex attraction, and we're just like, oh, I can't believe they're here. And it's, it's almost like we we forget that the church is a hospital mm-hmm. and not a hotel for saints. And not any of us are like are well, you know. Right. You know, some some of us can be you know healthy and in 
and stuff. But I, I'm at the always, moment. At the moment, <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm just I'm always astounded of. I don't want to use the word conservative, but the people who are a little bit more like little stingy we've all been in churches where it's just like you're laughing and someone gives you like the eye of like you can't laugh in church you know and i i'm just always astounded of all of a sudden i don't know when this happens but like you know you just you i don't know if you've just been in the church culture for a while or what it is but just all of a sudden it's just like the judgment comes out and all of a sudden it's like i am well and you're not right and and i just don't I mean, obviously it's a lie. I just, I don't know when that happens and I don't know where that comes from. And that kind of, kind of bleeds into what you preached on yesterday of you, we talked about Zacharias, we talked about Joseph, we talked about Mary and Zacharias kind of had a few things wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the sequence of age, Zacharias would be the oldest, Joseph, we would assume would be in the middle, Mary would be the youngest. Mm -hmm. Some assume that Mary was as young as 14. They don't know how old Joseph really was, many guess between mid-20s to the low 30s. But needless to say, Mary, youngest, Joseph, middle, Zacharias, whatever his age was, the Bible says he was, in his older years, unable to bear children. And I guess the idea that stuck out to me about this was that Zacharias had the most time to spend in the Word, he had the most time to pray, he had the most time to invest himself in the Lord, and, and from from all outside perspective, the Bible called him a righteous man. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he's this terrible person, but in his faith, there were some things that God wanted to do that was too much for even Zacharias Mm -hmm. and for Zacharias to bear a child with Elizabeth. Now I always laugh about this and and I'm not trying to be like rated R here, but when God tells Zacharias, your wife is going to conceive, it didn't stop him from going home to be with his wife. Yeah. You know, he's like, well, I guess if it's going to happen, it has to happen this one way, right? Yeah. And it wasn't like he was like absent. It was like this immaculate, like yes. Mary's. So he does this and the child comes. But for God to tell him this, Zechariah's like, no, it's not the right time. I, I, I'm too old. How's this going to happen? And the one thing we try to do is like Mary's question is, how is this possible? Was more out of I don't know. I've never. I'm a virgin. I, I've never known a man. It's it's kind of like, I don't understand how this is possible. And hers wasn't really a question of disbelief. It was just like, how's this going to work? Yeah. And Zacharias's was not so much. I know how this works. I just don't believe it's going to work. Yeah. And that's a big difference. And and my point was, how how could this man who, by all, outward signs, be the aged? but yet have less faith than the younger Mary and Joseph. Totally. And just for a quick thing, just for if you're popping in to listen and you weren't with us yet on Sunday, can you just kind of give the the relationship between Zacharias and who he is in regards to Joseph, Mary? Yeah. Zacharias is married to Elizabeth, which is Mary's cousin. Mm-hmm. And so obviously Mary and Joseph are connected through their engagement. Uh, but Mary will go stay with Zacharias and Elizabeth for a few months while she's, I think, in the beginning stages of her yes. pregnancy, but um, that's kind of the connection there. And so God kind of gives us the story in Luke. He He gives us in Luke chapter one, Zacharias's side. He gives us Mary's side. Then you got to jump to Matthew chapter one to read Matthew or read from Matthew Joseph's side. Yeah. But they're all they're all connected, and we kind of call it the 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 chiasm. Where and and again, as I told the churches, I don't know if this is a a real chiasm in in the essence of a biblical chiasm like we have in the Old Testament many times with, say, like Abraham and Sarah, and then you have Jude and Tamar, and maybe there's some connections there. And chiasm, like pa- like pattern? Yeah, and so everything I was reading was 
It can be similarities. It can be parallels. It can be, like in this case, we have three different individuals who have similarities. For example, two of the three, all three were visited by an angel. Mm -hmm. Only with Mary and Zacharias is Gabriel mentioned. Mm -hmm. Now we assume it's Gabriel with Joseph, but Matthew doesn't mention it for one reason or another. So, but there's that. You have, they're visited. You have Zechariah in the temple, you have Mary in the day, and you have Joseph when he's sleeping. And I don't think at night, but I think he's taking a, a nap. He's trying to connect the dots, and he takes a nap, and God come, the angel comes to him in a dream. Mm -hmm. You have all these things that kind of take place, and they eat in each story, there's these similarities, there's these parallels, and we use them as a chiasm. And like the point down, what we're trying to do is a chiasm tries to bring you to one main point. Mm. And the one main point, I felt like, at least in yesterday's message, was don't focus on the when, focus on the who. And when I say when, I'm talking about W-H-E-N. Yeah. And so don't focus. And I think this was Zacharias did. He was, hey, well, it's not the right time. Uh, we, we were supposed to have children back in our early ages, yeah. you know, early years. Uh, so he fo he's so focused on the when, he lost who? Yeah. And he's standing in the temple in the holy place. He's at the altar of incense. He's he's where the prayers are being sent up to God and through the incense and through the smoke. And, and, and he's telling God, I don't believe you. Yeah, I thought, I had this thought yesterday too of just, you know, what, what so, well, you know, when we read the Bible that, you know, I know the, the question kind of comes up of like this ancient book, how can it, you know, how can it be relevant today? But that, I mean, I just heard that so much of like, Zacharias of he's in the church he's in, and I know it's a little, I know it's very different now but how many of us have been in the church for a long time and you're just a, you can either get a little bit jaded or you're like yeah I come in I do you know I'm worshiping I'm listening to the sermon and stuff but when God you know asks something of you in a huge way and the like we don't have the faith that we've been walking with the whole time you know yeah. it, for such a long time and just how many of us really miss I don't know if it's miss the things that God's asking us or these it's still like God moves in such miraculous ways still in, in tiny miracles and tiny ways. And there's so many things that we can miss. And I, I was just astounded again of like the, the small faith of Mary and Joseph that should have should have been the one of like, I haven't known God for a long time. I don't really know. You know, I just they, sh they should have been the one to be like, I don't know God as well as you do, Zacharias. How is right. this possible? Right. And I brought this up a little bit yesterday. I, I don't think Zacharias went to the altar of incense and said, Lord, give me a child. But I wonder how many years him and Elizabeth prayed for a child. Yeah. And then I wonder how many years they have, they skipped over because they're just like, well, it wasn't God's will. Yeah. And I love the fact that he's at the altar of incense. And get one of the first things that Gabriel says is, God has heard your prayer. Now, is he talking about the prayer specifically there? Yes. But could he also be referring to prayers that Zacharias has prayed in the past that haven't been answered, mm -hmm. that Zacharias has gave up on? Mm -hmm. And then when he resurrects that old prayer, Zacharias is like, uh, no, that's dead. How am I, I seriously, I've, I've learned, and I'm not, I don't have as many years as some of the people listening, you know, some of you, you know, I never want to call people old and I'm not, you know, never want to get, I'm mature. Always, mature, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly, I'm not like an adult now. Yeah. But, you know, but I, I've had some moments in as as I've kind of entered into adulthood where some dreams and prayers that I've prayed, I thought, 
again, just you kind of just chalk it up to like, oh, it just wasn't God's will, and you you settle into that. And I'm how many of that has happened to to you yeah. of just oh, this wasn't the will of God, and it ha you know years go by, months, whatever it is, and then God brings that that prayer or that dream back in a way that you know you've been praying for it so long. And I've often said this too of like the prayers that an that God has answered with for me. Uh, I I have a broken family, how God's restored it or certain things of that he's brought in. He's and he's answered so many of my prayers. It just yeah. didn't happen in the time that I had expected it and that that fervent like feeling of prayer had gone. And so it felt different. So yeah. I just I, I I know it's so easy for me to get on Zacharias or, you know, the public, like, you should have had faith, but I can hear that too of like Well and, and you know, I can that's kind of the question we kinda of bounce back at people is like, well before we criticize Zacharias, let's Let's consider the obvious evidence in front of our own lives. Yeah. And how many times have we doubted God, even though the evidence is right there in front of us? Mm -hmm. you know, I heard a story once of a guy who was in a busy parking lot. I said, God, please give me a parking space. And somebody was backing out at the exact same time. He said, yeah. never mind, God, I found one. Oh. You know, and, and that's how I think we are sometimes. It's like, God, please do this. And then God does it. We're like, oh, I did that. Yeah. And, you know, whether we take the credit or we give credit. So, and God's like, well, wait, I just did that for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think... Zechariah does teach us a lot, but I don't think we like to deal with it because it relates too close to home. Yeah. It's, it's this idea of like, no, I'm a person of strong faith. I got mature faith. Yeah. But there's something that, that God could say, there's something God could do, and it puts all that to the test. Yeah. I mean, Abraham, we, Abraham was a man of faith, but he, he, he feared his wife. Mm -hmm. now, let me say that. He feared losing his wife. Yeah. I was like, Sorry. wait. <laughs> He feared losing his wife, so what do he do? Hey, tell, tell him you're my sister. Mm. Twice. But when God tells him to go sacrifice his son Isaac, there's no question. Yeah. And what happened, I think there was a process. And I think we all go through this process. And there's things that we, that we fall on our face on, we fail, we get up, we repent, we confess, we make it right with God, and then we become stronger. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I wonder in those, obviously, Zechariah served two weeks in the temple. He would probably has an older gentleman take three, maybe four days to get home. It's a 30-mile journey back to his home. Mm -hmm. So then he's with his wife. So we could say maybe it, it was maybe a month before she knew she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So maybe 10, 11 months from the time that he was told to the time of John's um, birth. But I wonder in those 11 months of his silence where he couldn't speak, that he actually spoke a lot to the Lord, like, please forgive me. Yeah. Or I get it. I, I'm, I'm understanding this. So when, so when it came to the eighth day, and that's another part of the, the, the chiasm is, and I didn't share all this yesterday, but he was part of the eighth order of behind Ahai. Mm -hmm. If I read it right, they did it during the eighth week of the new year, and then John was circumcised on the eighth day when he received his name. Mm -hmm. So that's just, again, another piece of the chiasm there. Yeah. But um, Mary's like, or excuse me, Elizabeth's like, Oh, we're naming John. He's supposed to be Zacharias. That's supposed to be named after the father. Mm. No, no, Mary, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a woman, right? That's what that's 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 or kind Elizabeth, of like, right? Elizabeth, Elizabeth, yeah. yeah. Elizabeth, you're just a woman, right? And that's how I kind of perceive some of these guys talking. Like, no, no, we ain't listening to this woman. It's Zacharias. Zacharias, aren't we right? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna oh. say that's that's I said that's bled over to America, but again, keeping in mind <laughs> that that is a very big part of the Middle Eastern culture. That's yeah, right. you know, and so Zacharias, well, you know, like kind of give me a board here and you 
John, like, oh man, what John? Jack? And then his mouth opens up, and what is he? What's the first thing he does? He prophesies. Mm-hmm. It's almost like for 10, 11 months, however long it was, he's like, I, I've been, this has been boiling. And I, as soon as I can talk, first thing I'm going to talk about is God and what God's doing. Yeah. And I think that's the amazing part about faith is it's not, it's not about us, not about what God's doing. It's about just being obedient in the, in the moment. Yeah. So. And I thought that was a great thing too, of just, you know, talking about Abraham. I know that we're, that's getting away from our story a little bit, but just saying again, like he messed, like he, he didn't believe at, at one point with God and then in another area he did. And I just, you know, the question is today, and I know we'll ask another question here too, but just kind of asking yourself, like, you know, when you say like, I'm a righteous man or a woman, or like, I go to church, I know. And there's certain things of like, yeah, I, got, I, I would be obedient to God. And I, I believe he could do this. But just maybe asking yourself, like, where are the things of the prayers that, that you've either dropped or just kind of forgotten about, or the, just the things that you're just like, oh God could not do that. And that really had like, you know, I'm, we're not kind of being hard on, of like, you guys should just have faith for that. I, I'm, as I'm coming into being an adult, I, I understand that there are things in life that just like, they either break because we live in, in a sinful world. And there are things that like, you just get jaded by life. And it's like, you know, as you've had to grow up and, you know, whatever age you're at, you guys have had to really deal with some difficult things. And it's, yeah. it's, there is that like, well, this is just how life is, kid. And I know mm-hmm. I do have some of that in me. And how many of us too, like I've seen, you know, maybe some younger kids come into the church and college, I used to be this college student or even younger. And I'm, I'm with a lot of college kids now that are, they're like, God can do anything. I'm, right. You know, and, and sometimes I, I've been guilty of it and I've seen it in, you know, some people who have a little bit more life experience that they're like, ha ha, you know, just like. Yeah. Good, you know, it's more like a dream, but really just kind of that childlike wonder and having that, the faith of Mary and Joseph of, of believing that God can do what you've prayed for and, and exceedingly abundantly more than we've ever asked for or imagined. I think it's a great place as we come to a close to, to, for our next step is Ephesians 5 one says, be followers of God as dear children. How much of my faith reflects the faith of a child? Mm-hmm. And I think if, if our faith can reflect, because a child's like, they just, they're just, they just going to believe you. Yeah. Two plus two equals five. Oh, okay. You know, there is, you know, and, you know, whatever. And we tell them all these different stories and they can be fibs and lies and they, and they believe it. Um, so be followers of God's dear children. Is that our next step? Is that what God wants us to ask ourselves today is, is my faith represented as a child's faith would be to God? Because they would believe God could do anything. Yeah. So Darby, I want to thank you for talking with me again this yeah. podcast thank you and thank you for listening today this is next steps with pastor adcock and miss darby bell darby bell adcock what a mouthful I know. am i right yes that's right <laughs> we'll see you guys next week thank you darby Ola.